multitasking, the art of doing twice as much as you should, half as well as you could. That's us. It's Jubilee Boy and fired up, a very fired up Mike Heike. One-on-one this week for your listening pleasure or pain. Mike, it's just you and me, like old times. Get the noise out of the room. <laughs> Not really. We have Jordan in <laughs> yeah, here, whose wife's about to give birth, so he's, we... He's uh, a trooper. Yes, yes, we appreciate you. That's character right there. And your wife. Yes. Uh, Mike, but you and I and all of us and everything needs a reset, don't you think? I think. Yeah, it, it's... Crow line is open. 214-555. <laughs> Snap out of it. Uh, it's so funny because you think you're making baby steps and then it just, like, it doesn't even just take a step back. It unravels. And this third period clearly made that game look a lot worse than it was. But like, we talk about something like the tone of the team right now is they have no idea where they are. Exactly. I made that point on a, a Metroplex morning <laughs> show today. This is the morning after the storyline rich slash demoralizing result night in St. Paul, Minnesota, depending on when you're listening to this, your biggest takeaway from that would be what? Uh, Honest and truly, the biggest thing for me is, so you go play Nashville, everybody's fired up, you don't play well. You go to Minnesota to support your teammate, Ryan Suter, and to not fall eight points behind in the division – and you don't show up. Like, what? how? How do you? That's one of the reasons I'm fired up. How do you? Like Ryan said, he goes, well, we were a little flat tonight. How were you a little flat yeah. tonight? I mean, something's wrong there when you're in Minnesota playing a charged-up divisional game, trying to support your new teammate, and you're flat? I don't know. I think there was culpability uh, enough of it to spread all over the yeah. map. Outside of the captain. Yep. Like Jamie Ben was, was phenomenal last night. Lost in all of that crapatorium was the captain. I mean, he won virtually every face off. I mean, every time he won a face off in the offensive zone, they had a scoring chance right. off of it. He had close to double digit shots. He finished plus in a game they lost seven to two, scored a goal, his first power play yep. goal of the season, had a bunch of hits. He was the. That's that's consistently a bit of a uh, issue for me is that, and Jamie's not always on top of it right. like he he was last night, but there's rarely an echo to his power forward game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. people like, should get sucked into the yeah, like, power of it it's, all. It's like it just dissipates after he has one of those rambunctious shifts or fights a guy or whatever it is. So. The, the the group has some issues right now. Yeah, uh, defense and and goaltending was a major uh, issue last night. It was borderline shambolic for whatever reason. Like just coming off of you know at times excellent net minding and fairly tidy defending, and all of a sudden they pack it into their toomey luggage and go on the road, and it doesn't show up. So, uh, and even the game like at three to one. At three to one, I was I was thinking, man, we've especially with Cam Talbot in that, I'm yeah. like, we've we've seen this movie before, and he starts, you know, burping up rebounds and 
And then and the then, number three power play gets a chance, yeah. and you're thinking three two. Yeah, it's got to be. And if they get to three to two, no question, this thing's getting tied. Right. And Minnesota's done this before against the Stars. Yes. And then absolute capitulation. Just, ugh. I as I said, uh, a soup with a fork kind of night or day <laughs> in, yeah. in in Minnesota. So it was just everything just felt like a great big bleh at the end of it. When the day started with so much promise, yes, you know, coming off two victories on home ice, uh, they did what they had to do. But they looked some individuals started scoring, yep. and the team looked like okay, you here talk we go. About and confidence that, all the time. They then you have like the Ryan Suter story, and you have the Robertson against uh, Kaprizov story. That I mean, every single thing that we had documented and laid out for a phenomenal night in in Minnesota just went boom like a balloon to a porcupine just pop everything went Kaprizov went off yeah what did he finish with last night uh, I think it was just a goal and assist right no 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 he had to have more than that because Zuccarello I think had a goal and two assists there I don't know, they some mates. funky numbers there they we did. were a long way up yeah but I think he had four points. Oh, maybe he did. Oh, you're right. I think he did because I'm thinking of I was giving. They were happening pretty fast and furious. Yes, they in were that at the period. end. Yeah, at the end there. But that was the other thing is so uh, you know just talking in the press box to the Minnesota people up there, they're going like, "Look, well, Goligoski's not been," and I'm going like, "Oh, he looked pretty good to me." Zuccarello hasn't really. Fi- oh, he looked pretty like these guys just jumped off the ice. They were great. They we were documented like it's kind of funny. Hartman, who's their top scorer this season, is a quote unquote former Dallas star. What did he spend with the stars organization? A week. A week. Yeah. In the but, summer. <laughs> but they have so many familiar faces. Yeah. And when I saw Bill Guerin, their general manager and former Dallas star on the way out, I said, I, I, I expected you to finish with maybe a goal and a helper by the end <laughs> of the night. And then he, without missing a beat, said, I think Madonna phoned me in the third period and said, I think I had an assist on that one. <laughs> But you have you have Madonna that is in the fold there. Yep. Billy Garen's their GM. Jordy Ben didn't play, but, but he's there. He's there. Zuccarello, former Dallas Star, had a good game. Goligoski, who you know had a good game, a former Dallas Star. Dean Evison, an original Dallas Star, back yep. in the early '90s, and behind their bench. Am I missing anybody? Uh, that's probably it. It's a lot. It's a lot. And they all just had took turns, games. kind of shining. Yeah. In that one last night. So, anyway. How, that's... Could, how could you let Ryan Hartman go? I can't believe that. <laughs> uh, and, and the the, the other storyline, a couple of Minnesota kids wondering whether Jake Ottinger was going to get the start, played well against yeah. Detroit on, on home ice. Uh, he's from Lakeville, Minnesota, and didn't he eventually got into the game in, in a mop-up scenario late. And then the Riley uh, Tufty of non- play and that way where's he from coon rapids coon rapids i don't know how close that is to minneapolis but uh he also played at minnesota duluth so he has a lot of friends from college i think he had i mean he had 100 people there yeah it, it's it's tough it's pro sports but it, it, those scenarios are are tough yeah you know like just to have all that excitement and it like I was saying, the great thing the NHL does now is they fly in parents to watch the kids' first yeah. NHL game. So 
his family was here for his first NHL game when he got called up. So that's nice. No, nobody owes anybody anything nope. in this. You, you realize it's a business. And Ryan Suter talked about it in the morning too. Yeah. It's like, you know, nine years and the big part of the community and all that stuff. And then one day they look and they, they're like, nope, buying you out. You're done. Yeah. And, and the way he said it, I think was. Yeah. He said it like, and they, they can fire you. Well, not just that, <laughs> Get rid but of the you. fact that he said they didn't call him and say, Hey, we're thinking about this. Yeah. It was like, Hey, we're buying you out. And in that he thought was the shock of it all. And then the other thing is you got kids and stuff like that. And so now they're not going to school in Minnesota and now they have to go find, and that's, you know, I'm sure there's my wife's family moved from Texas to Michigan in her senior year of uh, high school. And so it was really hard for her, but I mean, it happens all the time. So never really been a lot of bleeding hearts in this sport. No. And uh, you're reminded from time to time that it is, I don't know that it's fully cutthroat, but it is, you know, what helps us now, not what helps us yesterday or two months ago or two years ago. And they have to make decisions off of that. But um, it's, I, I, I feel for individuals because yes. it does impact a lot of people beyond yeah. just that person. No, I agree. But and the that- ones making those decisions are being graded on what they're doing too. And they're trying to make decisions that keep them gainfully employed. And it's this great big basket of trying to figure it out. What's interesting is as a fan or as a media member, you're like, well, what's really the diff- the difference between Kibiranta or Tufty? Like, how hard is it to help this kid and his hundred friends who are here? And I talked to a couple of people this morning and they're like, oh, no, this app, like, from a strategic standpoint, you absolutely play Kiviranta against the Minnesota Wild over Tufty. Yeah. And I'm like, really? And they said, yes, absolutely. Like, and not these aren't people who are in on the decision making. These are just people I know who said, yeah, he's got speed. He fits that lineup. He could help you win this game. And it's a divisional game. And you, all you're thinking about is we need these two points. That's what I mean. Yeah, and and it's really weird because. Like, you know, we're just so different, the media, the fans, and then the people who are actually in there in the trenches. That's all they care about is we need these two points and what little thing can we do to get these two points? Yeah, our our scope is wide and care bears galore. <laughs> and they're they're very myopic yes. with how they look at things. And I, I just always, I, I loved it, or I love it when you're in a position where you can maybe roll the dice a little bit with something like that. And you're thinking, well, maybe the kid will give us something, right? Maybe that injection, what a story that would be if he scores his first NHL goal in front of, you know, the house and that, but at the same time you're on the road and they're thinking in their minds, look, I don't get last change. They've got some pretty good offensive players on that side. The kid's still getting his feet wet at this level. I don't, I don't want to be caught with my pants down a little bit yeah. here. And I trust this player that, that's got a little more uh, experience under him. And uh, we'll go with that. Yeah, it's the Sekera versus Harley thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. for them, of course we want Sekera in there. He's a dependable veteran defenseman. We trust him. We don't trust Thomas Harley just yet. And so that is, I mean, those thought processes go through their mind. And 
you know, you talk about, oh, it's a game of inches, and if we just make this one play or that one play, then it could really make a difference in us beating the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that game's over. We've really beaten that 7-2 beat down into the ground. It's only one game. But the traditional Thanksgiving milestone or cutoff is nigh. It's nigh, Mike. I probably need to kick it down the road a little bit this year, right? Because it started a little later. It's weird. You know, the previous season that was in the calendar year of 2021, pretty tough to work that up when you started in January. Long way to Turkey Day. We're Indeed. there now, though. So uh, the, the uh, I guess it would be a tenant, would it not? Yes. Historically, I have it at about 87.5% of teams in a playoff spot at Thanksgiving finish in a playoff spot at season's end. How much stock do you put into this? Um, uh, it's funny because I'm not a big analytics guy, but you, you look at all the analytics of if you score the first goal, <laughs> I know. you're like, <laughs> lead after the first. Leading after the, you're like, that, that can't be that I big. Know. And then it's like 87% of the, and so, yeah, it's hard to make up ground in the NHL. Uh, other teams are playing. Other teams are winning. Uh, and in this division, you're not just battling one team. You're battling six. So you know, is Colorado going to? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're in the same. They're in the same deep end, right. floundering around right now. And the 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 thing I want to look into, maybe you know, in other sports, do they have a similar line in the in I the think schedule? The All Star break is seen as a big thing in baseball. Like if you like if you okay are, well how many games have transpired by then about sixty percent of the season maybe yeah oh I would yeah, get that yeah but here, we're talking about twenty percent of the season. season that's a good twenty five percent of the yeah. season uh in in basketball have you ever heard of something like this no they can just throw up threes and get yeah. back into it can they not well and then the other thing Luca is, magic and this is a, another dumb hockey Seth thing. uh. You get wins and losses. Steph. You can't just get points for losing LeBron. games. LeBron. You love the NBA. I don't know. That was totes. Oh. Jordan's here now. Well, that's true. And Jordan's named after Jordan, I'm I'm sure, right? Right, Michael Jordan. Eh, a little bit. He gave me a little bit. <laughs> named after the sneaker, not the man. That's right. <laughs> but, like, so they have wins and losses. You have that overtime loss in hockey. I think that actually makes it harder to make up Oh, I'm sure it does. Because you can have a team going through a slump, and they're not losing seven in a row or eight in a row. They're 0-4-3, and, and they're picking up three points in that span. So they, I really do think once you get behind, it really is hard to catch up. I, I've always found this anomaly. It's not an anomaly. It's a algorithm right yeah i've always found it to be such a paradox though because when you look at it you you have so much more runway left yep all this time and all these things that that can go right for you going forward but it stated uh you know the stars right now for context sit 12th five points out of eighth five points out of the final playoffs but you're thinking in your mind well geez that's nothing three-game winning streak, yeah. and you're right there. The boys need to just giddy up a little bit, and you're saying there's a chance. Yep. A 13% chance <laughs> at best. Well, and like you said, this is, again, we got to get to 20 games or whatever it is first because that's usually Thanksgiving. Um, and I do think this is – Is it 20 games? I don't know. It's, I, was I don't either. About it. 
but you've said, you know, maybe 25% of the season in that range. I'm confuzzled by all this COVID stuff and everything. Yeah, we're off a few weeks. Uh, But the other thing is this division is interesting because teams that I think I didn't think were going to be great are all of a sudden several points ahead of the Stars. And, you know, I kind of thought the Stars might be a third-place type team, but it it could be a real effort just to get – the third place in the division. And because your Winnipeg's and your Nashville's and your Minnesota's are winning and St. Louis, who they, you know, we're going to see if they win that game, then now your stars are, what are they? Owen four, Owen three against the division and yeah. over to overtime. Oh, that's right. We got that point. Winnipeg. There. Yeah. Uh, but point being is you're losing. This is that old four point divisional. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, you know, and yep. then the other thing to throw another curveball into this is nope. I thought the Pacific was going to stink. You're showing us every pitch, today. every pitch today. Here's your your slider. I thought the, I really did think the Pacific was going to stink. And now Anaheim's good and L.A.'s kind of good. And, you know, they've had good starts. I think they're actually maybe good. Like what's, well, we'll find out after Thanksgiving, what's Minnesota. <laughs> what's Nashville? I don't know. Uh, do they have good starts? But again, I go back to this thing like. You can maybe swap out two of the eight in a in a big year, right? Of you have one, two go in, two go out. Right. You're from, St. Louis with Bennington or whatever. Yeah, from the top eight. Yeah, there's some paradigm shift for a team, either the team that's in or the team that's on the, right. on the outside, and they swap out. But you're, you're still only talking about two of the. So six of the eight are locks. Correct. At Thanksgiving. Correct. Absolute locks. I think you're right. Like, no matter what goes on, injuries and COVID and who knows what, six of those eight teams in each conference are absolute locks. And in one sense, you can say they were the good teams. That's crazy, though. They were the teams that were probably going to be there. They got out to good starts. Yeah, but everyone talks about how much parity there is in the league now. And and they're right. And you're thinking, well, if it's all that close and everything's interchangeable in that – why aren't these eight teams interchangeable with the eight that are out or right. ten that are out? It's a good point. It is. But I will yeah. say this. that just Excellent point. Anecdotally, there's something wrong with the Stars. So you look at yeah. Nashville or you look at Minnesota and they're riding whatever positive momentum there is. The Stars are thrashing about. Like right. we, have we even had one good game yet? I guess those two wins were. No, I feel this way. I don't think they have what you would categorize as a quality win. Yet in fifteen games, because the 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 two wins leading up to the debacle in in St. Paul, I mean those those are games you're supposed to win. Right. The, the, those teams were on the second night of back to back games in your building. You're coming off a players only meeting, and Philadelphia had they had to play in Carolina. That's a that's a toughie of a back to back and a fairly long flight too. That's what I mean. Yeah. And well, I thought you meant because Carolina's so good. No, I mean, they got a performance out of Carter Hart and goal, and and they won the hockey game. And they could have dusted the Stars in the first period. They had 19 shots on goal. And then that's still a rebuilding. They're they're a bit better, but that's a rebuilding Detroit team on the second night of a back-to-back. So still waiting for them to match up against – maybe we'll see it tomorrow. You know, match up against St. Louis and beat a team like 6-2 to where – Every phase of your game played well. Yeah. The entirety of the game. Yeah. Not I'd just for two periods. I'd actually take a 2 nothing where every phase well, of your game sure. played well. Because that's in what they are, supposedly. Sure. You know? But 
but we're still waiting for that. Yeah. And we haven't, and we they're haven't 15 games into yeah. the season. So from the department of, we aren't blaming you. <laughs> we're merely saying it's your fault. What area of the stars game are you pointing uh, Mike Heike's finger at for their struggles and could be perhaps the key to getting this thing reversed and on track to where they do start to ascend within the division in the Western Conference. It's a, it's a pair of defense and goaltending. Like I know that's nobody wants to hear that because they're not scoring goals, but that's what saves this team. They, we talked the other day, Vito and I talked the other day, go, well, they never get beat six or seven to two. I mean, so they're just not going to uh, do that. Vito for all of you is Mark Vittorio, who is the director on uh, Valley Sports broadcast. He has a very strong history in hockey and uh, he has strong opinions as well. Very strong opinions. Anyway, point And being, his wife sings the anthem. There you go. Uh, well, I might add. Her name's... The best, perhaps? Ray, I thought she was your it's wife. Another Ray. <laughs> anyway, point being, if they're going to win, if they're going to play Dallas Stars hockey the right way, then they need to play defense and they need to get good goaltending. Uh, so as much as it's... You know, you don't want to say, oh, they shouldn't score goals. They got to get back to winning two, one, three, one games. And I know the fans hate to hear that, but that's that's who they are. That's who they're built to be. And I think that's how they'll win. Do you think they're built to be that? Yes. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. If you go down, and one of the reasons I think we're surprised by the penalty kill, like half their forwards are defensive forwards. Then again, now granted. Haskinen and Klingberg and Suter, they're kind of, you know, a little bit of both, but that's still a pretty good group of defensemen and the thought process is you play defense by controlling the puck and pushing it into okay. the offensive end. Okay, you're leading me into one of my points. The first one, though, is goaltending, just because it's, it's the panacea. Yep. It, it always can be. It can fix almost everything. You can be just disorganized, awful – outshot by volumes and that one position just makes everybody feel good about themselves or it can go the other way where you feel like you're doing some good things and then every time you make a mistake the puck goes in the net and you only make five or six mistakes in a game like big ones and none of them are getting mopped up and you're and you're losing consistently uh nothing makes <laughs> coaches nervous or uh fans and everyone involved overanalyze things like either pedestrian or bad goaltending. There's no question. And it, it can, they, I mean, they're, we're trying to figure out what's going on in goal right now. Like is Ben Bishop going to be able to get back? Is Braden Holtby going to be able to get fully healthy and, and be able to carry this thing? Is Anton going to refine whatever, he's had in past consistently is the kid the answer is Ottinger can he come in and go on a there's been a history of rookie netminders or young goaltenders that have come in for teams whether it be in the regular season or in the playoffs and just carried a club yeah. you mentioned Bennington he's, he's a great example yeah with St. Louis yeah the kid in uh like he was left for dead in the minors yeah and it was well, like oh my god we might as well try this. When they Boom. came in for the playoffs, 
the all the black aces were like, oh, I I tore this guy up yeah. in the A, yeah. <laughs> and they were like giving the giving the varsity members tips on all the shoot over his glove. This he's terrible, <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy gets a con Smythe. Uh, the guy in Carolina, I can't even remember his name. He's like probably thirty five now, but the in the playoffs where he was, they were down I think 0-2. Then they pulled in the rookie goaltender and won the cup. Do you remember the guy? Oh, Cam Ward? Cam Ward. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, you're just like, no way. Like, yeah. how, where did that come out of? But well, again, it, you know. Just to uh, reinforce the obvious, <laughs> which is what I love to do yeah. with the panacea, is look at the Bruins yep. without Tuka Rask. Like, he's just been their whoopee blanket every year, year after year after year. And you'd look. And they'd be top three, top five, top in the NHL in goals against average. Yeah. And up there in save percentage. And he hasn't played this season, and they're nowhere to be found in the top 20 right. of goals against. Same, Pretty much the same group out in front in that, but that one guy that just allows them to make mistakes, play a little bit freer, Whatever it is, well, and it is. Anton's game the other day against Philly is a perfect example. Yeah, because you're right. You're sitting. You're not sitting there going like, "Well, he saved the game for us." But if you give up two goals in the first period, you're probably not winning that game. No, I, I mean, if it if it follows what happened last night, right? Give up two in the first period, and yeah. you try to chase that down. You play the game a completely different yeah, way. Yeah, it's tough. Okay, you know the other. I'll give you one yeah. other one. Interesting. Go ahead, Mike. Back in the Lin, back in the Lindy Ruff goaltending days. Yep. And a lot of it was Kari, but. There was the thought process as, you know, we talked to players and everything, and it was, I'm looking over my shoulder because I'm not allowed to go try and do what Lindy's telling us to do because I'm worried if I make a mistake, my goalie's not going to clean it up. So then, quite strangely, the lack of goaltending hurts your offense because you're so worried defensively no question. that you won't go do what you're supposed to do offensively. Yeah, no question. you Again, you survive your your mistakes, and you forget about it. Like, think of those two chances that Detroit had with uh, the rookie mm -hmm. Raymond. Yeah, I mean he's he's point blank in front of the net. There seems Ottinger. to have been a breakdown somewhere. Like, <laughs> like late in the second period, and then again early in the third. The game is still hanging there, and it doesn't even it doesn't even get mentioned no. after the game because. The goalie just mopped it up. Yep. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's like that's pretty egregious breakdowns. Like he was all alone for a long time in front of the net. Yeah. And that's what the position that doesn't relate to any of the other positions can do for you. But here, I wanted to go a little bit outside that one. I, I felt this way for a long time. It's a bit esoteric, I believe. Uh, but I think they need more automatic play with the puck. Like more automatics. And is it confidence? Is it the system? Is it the makeup? What What is it? Because they, they have rarely felt automatic. Like, every now and then you get an individual bluster run up there and some offense out of that, or the power play, which has been awesome for two seasons now, which is wonderful. But that's all played in, what, a third of the sheet of the ice. Right. That's all it is. I feel they need an improvement uh, to the – I think it might have been Babcock way back in the day that that called it this, because I was asking him questions about uh, forechecking and and dump and chase hockey and that, and he corrected me. Of course, I call it 
we call it here uh, orchestrated turnovers. Orchestrated turnovers. You go to start on time, and then you got to have your orchestrated turnover game going. Uh, the best teams right now seem to. It's pretty good, Babcock, it was isn't it? Great, Babcock. Best teams seem to uh, be very adept at this. And I'll give the cliff note version of what I believe it is. It's another way of playing the puck possession game. Puck possession can either be come into the zone under control, just yourself, like they do on the power play. Right. Just think of it that way. But you're playing at full strength. So you come in, it's a zone entry under control, and uh, you can run your offense off of that. Right. You know, pass to you, pass to you, pass to you. It's puck possession. Pretty simple stuff. What orchestrated turnovers are, they're they're different than forechecking. Forechecking is basically giving the other team the puck and then going in and bashing them to get it back in, in a better spot and them out of position. Yeah, I explained it to my friends in basketball terms. Yeah, it's like a press. Full, full court press. Yeah, exactly. You want them to turn the puck over. What, what this is, what orchestrated turnovers are, it's putting the puck into an area where one of your teammates can anticipate where it's going to go and all of a sudden you have it in a different area of the ice and it forces all of them to adjust. It's not a direct pass always. Sometimes it's a rim. Sometimes it's a cross corner dump, whatever, but you have to be on the same page. That's why it's orchestrated. Yes. It's still a turnover. You have the puck and then you give it up, but your guy's going to get it before their guy, or he's going to be in a better position to win the battle to get that puck if it's like a 50-50 or whatever. So you watch, I think Tampa was great at it. Um, they're, they're top-end guys. They, you know, those heavy, long shifts they'd play in your zone. St. Louis, when they mauled their way to the cup a few years ago, same thing. They just wear your defense is down with that. If you want to call it a cycle game, I, I think it's a little different than a than a cycle game. It isn't always just churning right. and burning in in there. Sometimes it's laying it into an area where you know uh, a teammate is going to be sprinting into and he's going to come up with it. And what that does is it allows you to play the game faster without always needing to play the game faster with just your legs. Correct. The puck moves fast. It's funny because we always talk about even Hitch's teams, they weren't great skating teams, but they were fast teams. They moved the puck quickly at yeah, they, times. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's lot, lots of examples of yeah. it where for the opposition, it must feel like there's 10 players on yeah, the Yeah, the Blues aren't a fast team particularly. No. But they play a play fast, a fast game. game. Because they, they play a they played that that game yeah. well, I think, at times, yeah. where – they're orchestrated turnovers and that anticipation of, well, how did he show up there so quick? Sometimes it's it's just shooting the puck wide of the net. Yeah. And you're like, well, you know, it'll get marked down in the NHL stats as a missed shot or something. No, it wasn't. It was yeah. on purpose. Yeah. So it went around. That guy grabbed it there. All of a sudden, all the defense is adjusting. And then he works it to there, understanding that player is going to be there, and then this player is going to be there, and then boom, yeah. it's in the net, you're back at center ice. Well, the other interesting thing is it looks like that's working against the Stars. No, I, I think some teams have, have, have done a well really good job. Game. And so you'll even see where a forward will have possession in the defensive zone, and all of a sudden, boom, it's off a stick because they have techniques where they're poking the stick and they're, I mean, they're going after the guy who is the puck holder in the defensive zone. 
And so you'll see a puck come off a board, a forward's turning. He's looking to get up ice, looking to well, how he can break out. And all of a sudden it's off his stick and up against the board. And you're like, this was a planned play. Like these guys have been taught almost like the in football where you, you know, punch the ball. Yeah. These guys have been taught that this guy's looking up ice. Take the puck away from him in his own zone, no, and I, we can turn that, around and go right back at the net. That's a very good example because you, you see some teams defensively in football that might, you know, swarm and and do all these things that they're asking them to do and tackle well in that, but but they never even think about punching the ball. Right. And then you you listen to a coordinator that says that's good. We have to have takeaways. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, everybody's coming in there, and they're just driving fists into the ball over and over again. And everybody's – I mean, you're going in there. One guy might have the guy wrapped up. Second guy isn't wrapping him up too, which, no. which seems redundant. Second guy goes in there trying to strip the ball before yeah. he's down. Yeah. And if you look at some of the forwards trying to break out of the zone, they're losing the puck for the Dallas Stars. And I don't think it's coincident. I think they're – like you said – there are teams out there who are trying to do that on purpose. And then the other thing is, as Rick even said this a week ago, everybody's forechecking them. Like, they're just the team that's going to get forechecked. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And it's, you're, if you're a team that's going to get blitzed, you better learn how to handle the blitz. Yeah, because I think and, – and they have handled that yeah. in, in past really well. Because most clubs probably look at this group and say, the heartbeat of that team is the defense. Right. And, if you're going to cut the head of the snake off, that's what it is. Right. And get to them, force them to try to make plays in their own zone under pressure. And now you have to have some energy in order to do that. And if you're off just a little bit and the stars are on with their egress game, yep, they're off and, and then they get scoring chances. Right. Yeah, that's the problem with the forecheck. If you, if you get you the have puck to score on your scoring it, chances. Well, that's the thing. But if you get the puck past the forecheck, then all of a sudden now you have a – you have numbers. Yeah, you And should. you go through the neutral zone. You can go through the neutral zone with speed if somebody's really trying to drive, then, you know, and that feeds, of course. Then, then you have to do it fast. And that's the other thing. Like, sometimes you can do – I believe you can do things too fast. Yeah. Like, you can just put yourself – it's almost like overtry. And it's, it's, uh, it's a nice thing to say, well, everyone's trying hard, but – Sometimes you need to try less, yep. if it makes any sense. No, poise. Slow down a little yep. bit in order to go fast in a better spot. Anyway, anyway, it's they they need they need fixing. Yes, and it can't just be situationally motivated fixing. They need and they need confidence. That's what was so disheartening about last night. It, you could see the the confidence started to come in individuals. Yep lines the overall game a little bit and then it just you know erodes or evaporates and now that you know again a couple individuals have good games but it's obviously not good enough to win so yeah we've beaten that into the ground how about <laughs> <laughs> how about some uh some nhl nuggets to finish off okay so uh the penguin news uh it, that's fascinating to me is it to you? Not that much, just because of. Have some, you had you heard? I anyway, haven't heard of penguins, exactly who the penguins is are being to buy sold. Them, right. Pittsburgh Penguins are being sold. One of the better franchises in the National and Hockey League, owned League. mainly by Mario Lemieux, right? Well, he had to right. in the beginning. But I mean, I think him that and makes, him and Burkle. I right. think Mario still have some. Yeah, chunk but of it, it makes a dynamic interesting because you know the name. Yes. Yeah. Forty-one picks after him. 
He just went, he went just ahead of me in 84, Mike, just ahead of me. Boy, so you're really like your potential. You never really reached it. I always you? tell Kirk Muller, it was like him, you, and then basically me. You were the first goalie taken in that draft, weren't you? Uh, second. I second. Think. Okay. I think, I think uh, Billington yeah. went ahead of me. Anyway, uh, the Penguin sale, what do you think it's going to go for? I don't know. Stab. We're just talking. 1.2 billion? You think it'll be over a billion dollars? Maybe. The the No. The, the league is trending in a in a manner although it is interesting because some of the franchises you think are good don't have the same value, if that makes any sense. So the Islanders might be worth more because they're in that marketplace where Pittsburgh's not in a marketplace that couldn't Develop, you know, they can deliver the profits that others somebody else might be able to. Maybe. But they're but they're at least eight hundred million, right? Well, you start at six fifty. Oh, really? Well, no, yeah, that's yeah, the floor of, yeah. because yeah. an expansion team just came in at yeah. six hundred and fifty million. I would think the Pittsburgh Penguins with cups and that's what I would Mario think. and Crosby and all the stuff they have going on that they would be worth more than that. So, and it seems like a good sports. I market. would think. I would think sub a billion. Okay. You're right. I'm sure every other owner's got their fingers crossed that it is starts with a B, yeah. but I would think somewhere in the eight to nine. Sure. Does that sound right? Yeah. I mean, I'm completely talking out of my. Same with me. I, I said 1.2 billion. I know. So I, really, well, I, I know like what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> 1.2 billion dollars. Uh, the COVID situation in Ottawa. That's a little, little scary, huh? Yeah. When you think. Maybe we're swirling our way out of this thing, and all of a sudden the Ottawa Senators this year, in 2021, have postponed games like the Stars had at the beginning of last year. Colorado had a stretch. Who else had? Do you remember any other teams that had long stretches of uh, games being postponed in that 56-game year? So this this conjures up the – debate as to whether they're going to go to China or not for the Olympics. Scheduled to shut down for most of February, the league is, in order for participation in the Olympics. Man, I don't know. I was against it from the start. I just think... Well, I don't think they're asking you, Mike. They should. Uh, Point being is... You have final say on whether the NHL players go to China? The risk-reward for the owners and the league, it's too much risk. Oh, definitely. So the players are driving this because they love it so much. And, like, I'd even just go, let's go get another World Cup. or Like, do something in August uh, next year. In North America. In North America. And that's the other thing is so then, like, when are these games going to run? At 3 in the morning? And I'm not as concerned about that part of it. My my big worry is that they, they get over there I hope they know what they're getting into because it is not going to be – their family can't go. They're going to be completely sequestered from – No fans, right? No. And so they're going to play those games. Like, what kind of an Olympic experience is yeah. that? They're not really going to be – They can't go to other events. Allowed to go to other events and mix with, with other athletes and that, which I, I understand is a big, big part of that. And who's to say that uh, – I don't even know if it could happen. Let's say they do have some kind of an outbreak there. How long are they going to keep you there? Yeah. Or how long do you, I mean, even if you get out of China, 
is the U.S. or Canada, especially Canada, are they going to let you back in after that? You know what I'm saying? Like, so let's say they negotiate whatever their departure is going to be and they get to Germany or they get to some neutral place. Does Canada allow you back in without 21 days quarantine or whatever? Well, they're there's doing up tons there? of testing there now. Yeah, I guess to there is. Getting in and well, all, which also leads me to Ottawa, of all the places. I know. So everybody's vaccinated. This is the most cautious country I know of. I know. And then their entire team still getting it? In the nation's capital. Correct. I mean, that's, it you, is scary. Do you know the cutoff for a decision to be made or not? No. Mike, you're in the business of I learning the this Dallas stuff. Stars. I'm work. just a broadcaster. Just a, I wear makeup at work, Mike. You're a writer. I use I drop movie. You're an award-winning writer, Mike. I drop movie quotes from 1980 into most of my stories. So. I bet you that goes over like a lead balloon. <laughs> like a Led Zeppelin. Okay, we're heading into Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, you're thankful for? Um, getting back in to the, a little the, bit of normal. In the league? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it really, like, so... The people in Minnesota, I heard you talking this morning, they're so nice and it's so Canadian. And so just walking into that building and interacting with them and they're the, like the... Oh, did you do a live Hey Heike or something no, on I the concourse? Have. I should have. Uh, but just talking to the people, people you know, Lance Vogt, uh, former yeah, trainer yeah. for the Minnesota North Stars. Uh, there you go. There's another one. There's another one. Uh, so you just like, it's just such a nice feeling and we miss that. And it's not even back to normal yet, but to have a full building, to have their energy. I mean, they were fired up. They do not like the Dallas Stars. No, they don't. And so as much as I, you know, that. Don't you just it is desire what it is. a playoff series yes. of some consequence, not whatever that was a few years right. ago. I mean, that should have been over in three games, yeah. let alone what it was. Was it five or six? I thought it was five, but it could five. have been six. I think it was five. Uh, crazy, crazy. But like, could you, could you do a seven-game series with Bill Guerin just throwing out stuff? Oh, it'd be a the, blast. <laughs> you know, it'd be so much fun. Where he's talking about whoever. Mad so much fun. Let's Mad keep our fingers crossed I know. Madonna just comes and deigns the media with his presence. <laughs> and he's, he comes down to Dallas, sits in the box, waves to people as the Wild have a 3-1 series lead or something. Suter like leads the stars and points <laughs> yes. in the series. Like, yes. Riley Tufty goes back yeah. and gets a hat trick yeah. up in Minnesota. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fun. I, I'm with you. I think I, I'm I'm grateful and thankful for fan participation again. I was driving home from the airport last night and I had it on NHL Network, and they had Dave Tippett weighing in on it. You know, Tip was talking like this, and uh, but he he w was quoted as saying, "You know, I we didn't realize how much we missed him until they're back yes. after playing in a vacuum like that." And then you're like, oh my God, they're they're ninety percent of this game. Yeah. Fans are. Well, it's so funny during lockouts. I know the players go out and try and create their own, you know, uh, events so they can, you know, show the owners that hey, we're the show and everything like that. And I always say it's time to go. You're both the show, and all of that is now that we miss the fans and we got. It's a, it's a three, four, five-pronged thing that yeah. you want it all. You need a broadcast. You need a great broadcast to bring well, the Well, we, you know, we're hoping you do, someday. But the people from home then get involved. Those people from home then start reading the websites or the newspapers. You know, it's just when you get that energy and that buzz going, it's really fun. Yeah. And, and we've missed that. Yep. 
Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed we get back there fully uh, again. So, all right, you feel better? You vented? Yeah, I have a little bit. Fully vented? Well, not fully, but go on. How will you continue venting today? <laughs> uh, I probably will make Chimes. A, few, a few more phone calls and uh, uh, see exactly what the players and the coaches think versus what the fans and the media think. All right. Well, I'll tell you this. They beat St. Louis, Edmonton, and Colorado in the next three, and we'll forget all about the shellacking in St. Paul, right? Yeah, you are right. Move on. That's the great thing about professional sports. Until game 82, and you don't have enough points to make the playoffs, there's always another one. Yeah. And you can make up for all your deficiencies and have a mulligan individually or as a team. Uh, the next outing, so they get that chance immediately within the division. Yeah, and we'll get a chance next week again to bring in a guest, and uh, we'll chew up knife and fork whatever went on between now and say mid next week, and we'll know whether there's an addition to the family by then. I would think. Fingers you're, crossed. You're gonna name her Daryl. Just go with Ray. There's lots of those around here. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We out. Come on, come on, come on, come on.